How do you make time for important projects or tasks that need attention now? How do you stop working on a project once it meets the required standard, rather than waste time perfecting it? This is episode seven: Time blocking and time boxing. Powerful planning to get the right things done. Welcome to the Incrementalist, a productivity podcast on making big changes in small steps. My name is Diane Williams, and I'm your productivity coach and host for this show. On any given day, you won't have the time, energy, or focus to do all the things you have to do or would like to do. Common questions I get as a productivity coach are: How do I make time for an important project when there are so many interruptions, distractions, and things to do? And how do I know when it's time to stop working on a project? Time blocking and time boxing are two planning techniques that you can use separately but complement each other. Time blocking is making time for a project. It hones your focus to meet the highest quality standards. Time boxing is limiting the amount of time you spend on a project. It pushes you to complete a project that meets acceptable standards. I'll first cover time blocking. This improves your ability to focus on one important and perhaps difficult or complex project. Have you placed a high-value project on the back burner for days, weeks, or months? Is a client or customer or your boss or teammates asking about the status or your progress? To move the project to the front burner and make it a priority, use time blocking. This is also known as time chunking. Time blocking helps you to get unstuck and move forward on a project. It makes time and space for tasks that need attention. It's a way to chunk projects into smaller parts so it's easier to start and make steady progress. You set time blocks with a start time and end time to work on a specific activity. You could single focus on one difficult, high leverage project like a strategic marketing plan, or batch process similar low-level tasks. Like responding to emails and returning telephone calls, you can move around time blocks if true emergencies and unexpected delays come up. You can set new time blocks if you need more to finish the task. Scheduling a time block goes beyond making a to-do list. It tells you when exactly you will do a task, in what context, and under what circumstances, and for how long. It encourages you to take deliberate action steps and to block out distractions and interruptions. Whether you're working solo or in a team, it's important to have time blocks to do deep work instead of just moving from one meeting to the next or responding to one inquiry after another. You can put the time block on your calendar as an appointment with yourself to do the thing you must do. When you have autonomy over your schedule and there's no open access to your calendar, you don't have to enter the time block on the calendar itself. Even though you can keep the time blocks off your calendar, it's still important to have them for focus work. You could use a whiteboard or a pen and paper to schedule out your time blocks for the day. Special apps are not needed. With a time block, you plan, pre-decide, and pre-commit to focus on a specific activity. It's easier to go with the commitment instead of breaking it and rescheduling it. And if something else that is more important and urgent comes up, 
you need to set another time block to follow up on the task. For example, I time block certain hours of a particular day to record episodes for the Incrementalist podcast. But this week, I had to turn in a video recording from Minnesota CLE's Family Law Institute Conference, scheduled for March 15 to 16. I had agreed to do an online breakout session on the busyness trap, how to reduce overload and create space for things that matter. Although I had a separate time block for the video recording, I ended up needing more time than I had blocked for it. So I used the time block I normally keep to record podcasts to finish the video for the conference. I carved out another time block later in the week to record this podcast episode. Yes, it would be ideal to have a batch of pre-recorded podcast episodes ready for release, but the process is fairly new to me. Maybe with more experience, I'll need fewer time blocks to prepare my notes and record each episode for posting. The Pomodoro Technique is a popular time blocking method invented by Italian Francesco Cellillo. He developed the system for improving his productivity when he was a college student. Using a kitchen timer shaped like a pomodoro, the Italian word for tomato, he divided the time he spent working on a project into 25-minute segments with 5-minute breaks in between. In each 25-minute block, you're focusing on one thing at a time with no interruptions. You can use this technique to build the focus muscle. It's one way to concentrate on a task for a set period and then take necessary breaks. It also helps you to just start, even if you're not feeling very motivated. It narrows the scope of task and sets an input-based target or endpoint. Traditionally, it works like this. First, you identify the task to do. Second, you set a timer, typically for 25 minutes. Third, you work on the designated task until the timer goes off. After the timer rings, you check off your task. And if you have a thought or idea, jot it down and get back to the task. And if you give in to interruptions and distractions like checking your emails or getting a snack, you reset the timer. If you have fewer than four check marks, take a short break, five minutes, then go back to step two. If you have at least four check marks, take a longer break, 20 to 30 minutes, reset your check mark count to zero, and do all the steps all over again. You can group a number of Pomodoros together to tackle a project of any length. You can also modify the Pomodoro technique to fit your workflow ability to focus, and natural rhythms. If you're able, you could do two Pomodoros instead, 50 minutes of focused work followed by a 10-minute break. Or maybe you could go for a full 60 minutes of focus work followed by a 15-minute break. Due to biological rhythms, you might find yourself spacing out and redoing work if you try to focus for more than two hours at a time. It's better to keep each time block to no more than two hours. Have real breaks to decompress and detach from work, like drink water, take a 20-minute nap, eat a protein bar, or go for a short walk outside and get some sunlight. To pace yourself on a big project, you could begin earlier and spread your time blocks in one-hour chunks across five days instead of delaying and cramming five hours of non-stop work in one day. Time blocking moves you from scattered attention to focused attention. In a time block, you could focus on a single, high-leverage, high-value task that requires deep focus, 
or you may batch process similar low-leverage, low-value tasks that are fairly routine or easy to do. Cal Newport, computer science professor at Georgetown University and author of the book Deep Work, says time blocking is his primary method for planning and designing his workflow. In his book, he explained why it's necessary to work deeply, embrace boredom, and minimize shallow work. He defines deep work as professional activities performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limit. He adds, these efforts create new value, improve your skill, and are hard to replicate. He defines shallow work as non-cognitively demanding, logistical-style tasks often performed while distracted. These efforts tend to not create much value in the world and are easy to replicate. He says time blocking is key to doing deep work and making progress on the right things at the right pace for the relevant deadlines. Now I'll talk about the other planning technique, time boxing. A time box is a limited amount of time to spend on a task. It puts time constraints on a project and encourages you to finish and deliver within a preset time frame. Time boxing uses Parkinson's law to your advantage. This is a concept that work expands to fill the time allotted for its completion. If you give yourself five hours to complete an activity, it's more likely you will take five hours to complete it. If you budget one hour for it instead, you're more likely to finish the activity in one hour. When you give yourself unlimited time to work on a thing, you might use it all up instead of consider the real objectives, which may be accomplished in less time. Setting a realistic and reasonable time limit for the task and sticking to it improves effectiveness and efficiency. Focusing on one task in one hour is more productive than dragging it out for a whole day. It buys you more time and makes space for other things that need attention as well. By giving yourself time limits, you create a sense of urgency, cut down on perfectionism, and reduce delay in completion. The stress you might feel in a time box is positive, not chronic. You can avoid diminishing returns that arise from working on a project for too long. Having a cutoff time to stop working on a task makes you more mindful of the value you bring rather than the hours you put in. A time box can be as short as 15 minutes to several months, depending on the activity or project. One project might take one or two steps, while another requires hundreds of steps. A time box may include project milestones, deadlines, and deliverables. If you have an article to write, you might have a time box for interviewing experts, a time box for researching an issue, a time box for writing the first draft, and a time box for revising the draft before you submit it to the editor. At the end of the time box, you stop working on the task. You then evaluate your progress and assess whether you met the goal partially or fully. If the work satisfies the requirements, it's time to move on, but you can schedule more time boxes if this is necessary to complete the task well and successfully. If you have perfectionist tendencies where you over-prepare and over-tweak before you deliver a product or service or share your work with your team, time boxing is for you. It encourages you to successfully finish a project on time rather than keep making unnecessary changes. If you have impeccable standards, you might spend hours on low-leverage projects 
or on little things that no one really cares about. If all you need is a minimum viable product that needs to be done soon, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, Timeboxing helps you to finish and deliver when good is good enough. Timeboxing is especially useful for team projects and solo projects that tend to exceed their scope. It allows you to stay within scope, avoid wasting limited resources, and meet deadlines and due dates. It's critical for collaborating in teams and agreeing on priorities. Timeboxing is common in agile software development. Timebox meetings include the daily scrum, with a limit of 15 minutes. This is a 15-minute daily meeting that occurs every day at the same time and usually in the same place. Then there is sprint planning, with a limit of two hours. This is a planning meeting where the team decide which tasks they will tackle in the sprint, usually in a period of seven days. Next is a sprint review, which has a limit of one hour. The team reviews what work was done, what was not done, and what work was removed or added to the sprint. Then there is the sprint retrospective. This is a meeting or two different meetings at the end of the sprint where the team does a retrospective on what they did well and what they could improve. There are strict time limits on the meetings. If you're a lawyer, consultant, or other type of worker who charges by the hour, Timeboxing can be harder to implement. There's an incentive to work longer hours instead of improve efficiency, become more focused, or build systems to shorten the time to perform a billable task. Consider switching to a flat fee or fixed fee arrangement, or value billing or value pricing. You can put the exact scope of service in the client agreement. You can avoid scope creep by explaining what the agreement includes, what it does not include, and defining objectives, setting expectations, and communicating effectively with the client. Timeboxing is more beneficial when the value of your work is more important than the number of hours you work. But even in a billable hour model, you can still benefit from timeboxing. You can use it to cut down on non-billable activities or busy work that doesn't move the needle or adds very little to revenue. The terms timeboxing and time blocking are often used interchangeably, but there are subtle differences between the two. Time blocking is a type of timeboxing. Timeboxing has been around longer and existed before time blocking became more common in the workplace. Timeboxing is more for dealing with perfectionism, while time blocking is more for stopping procrastination. These two methods work well together to give you a comprehensive plan for structuring your day or your week. If you have annual, quarterly, or monthly objectives, they help you break them down into weekly and daily milestones. Time boxing and time blocking are effective tools for planning what you will do when and for how long. They work separately, but are more powerful when combined. If you have productivity questions you want me to answer in a future episode, email me directly through my website at dianewilliams.com. And if you like the show, I appreciate your shares, subscribes, and reviews. Thank you for tuning in, and join me again on the next episode.